0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So, anyway, all right. Enough stalling. I've got a confession to make. I realized this not too long ago. It's amazing how God will constantly uh, uh, refine us, okay? Um, I I want you to know that it's not, the Bible, God is constantly refining us, and it's not called the refiner's jello, okay? It is not called the refiner's uh, recliner. It's not called the refining easy time. The Bible calls it the refiner's fire okay? And if you are a Christian, you are going to go through the refiner's fire, and to refine something means to make it pure, to pull out all of the impurities out of something. And let me tell you, I'm here to tell you right now that there is nothing sweet or happy about the refiner's fire, but what it does, though, is it makes us no, it, it allows us to grow closer to God to be able to hear him better. You know, when, when you start following Christ, man, he starts, he, he kind of turns up that fire on you a little bit to, to get rid of that sin in your life, okay, to, to get rid of, of pride and ego. I'm sorry, but he doesn't say that it's, that it's reclining in yourself. He calls it dying to self okay? There, there's a hard part of it, but you come out the, uh, the other side becoming the person that you know you were meant to be. I've been through the refiner's fire, it seems like, for a long time now, which it doesn't, it shouldn't surprise me. I've got so many impurities that, that it's not even funny, so. Uh, but here, here, here's, here's the first of two confessions, the lie. The first lie is this, I am not a rancher. It took me a long, 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 long time. That's all I ever, that's all I thought I ever wanted to do was to be a working ranch cowboy. To have a spot on a ranch, and, and, I, and I had that in South Texas, I had that in West Texas. Uh, I grew I grew up, you know, uh, on in the ranching aspect of it. I mean, we, we have a ranch out here at town, but but I'm going to be really honest. You know, what Ty was talking about um, you know, the, the constant care uh, of cattle and going out and checking water every single day and, 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 and checking, riding fences every single day and, and all of that stuff. Believe me, man, if you think this is hard to kind of watch, it's really hard to pay attention. It's really hard for me to do. I, I'm, I'm not a rancher. The thought, the thought of me staying in one spot, taking care of X amount of cattle for the rest of my life scares the living fire out of me. It's not me. I've always thought it was, but it's not. I'm not a rancher, I'm a cowboy. I could care less. I don't even know what the market, ranchers talk about market prices. I couldn't look at a set of market prices and tell you what they mean for anything in the world. That is not me. To be quite honest with you, I have no interest in it whatsoever. It's not me. I'm what a lot of people might call a cow puncher. I like to go get on the other side of cows and take them somewhere. Sometimes, most of the time, that just means getting behind them and taking them to a set of pens and and doctoring them like Ty talked about. Or maybe we rope them, brand them. That's me. I'm just a cow puncher. Uh, Some people call it day trash. That's me. I'm day trash. I'm the guy that you call when... uh, when uh, there, there, there's something that needs to be done, by the way, we've got a job this week that I got, I mean, I got a call from a local rancher that said, hey, man, can, can you find Ty and somebody else come out here? We got five big steers uh, or bit five big big calves that uh, need to rope and band. There you go. That's me right there, you know. And so anyway, I, I, I'm a cow puncher, day trash that has to see what's over the next hill instead of feeling like I'm buried underneath this one. I want to experience new ideas, new ways, new methods. You know, um, I I, I know how to, to tie on now I'm learning how to dally on a mule hide. That, 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 I, I like that. I like experiencing new things. And, 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 and one of my battles coming from Texas is is I I get clowned all the time by my by my friends down in Texas that are that are cow punchers also. Oh, you gonna get you a flat hat now? Maybe. I might. I might. Because that's just kind of the guy I am, you know. I mean, I, I love learning new things. I love learning new methods. And, and unfortunately, I've seen ranches. You go to a ranch and you ask them why do they do it that way? Because that's the way it's always been done. They they never they never have the opportunity or very seldom have the opportunity to learn something new because that's the way their daddy did it and their granddaddy did it. No 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 no. You know, I, man, that that's not me. I want to experience new ideas, new ways, and new methods. I want to tell old stories to new people, and make new stories to tell to old friends. That's me. That's me. I mean, honestly, that, that, that ranching life of, I'm more Gus than I am Call. okay? <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Uh, that, and that's hard for me, because like I said, I put a lot of stock in my identity into being that ranch cowboy. And, and although I do ranching cowboy things, I'm not necessarily that guy that's going to shepherd 200 cows every stinking day. That's not me. Just call me when one's sick and second. I'll go out there and help you rope it. That's me. Okay? There's another lie. This one harder. This lie has been hurting me. This lie that I've been telling y'all, has been hurting you. This lie has been damaging to this ministry. This lie is not singular to me. I believe it is destroying the church as we know it, and possibly even your lives. It's a sin that every single one of us, I believe, is guilty of. But unlike the pet cat sins, you know what I mean by pet cat sins? You know, sin is sin to God. But then you have your pet cat sins that that everybody focuses on, Uh, like the modern church focuses on pornography or adultery or alcoholics or premarital sex or, you know, whatever the the big things are in in churches. And, And I'm not making light of those. I'm not. But there's one that is hidden underneath that I think is doing just as much damage as all of those others. This sin is overlooked in church today. It has been overlooked in my life. I used to actually pride myself in this sin that I'm fixing to tell you about. My heart is beating 100 miles an hour right now and even taught by nearly every church in the United States and possibly abroad, this one sin. God even warned us that this mindset, this sinful mindset would happen and he did it through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 30 verse 10, they tell, God, God is speaking here and he's basically saying, I'm sick of this. They tell the prophets, now the prophets back in the old time, the prophets were the voice of God, okay? The Holy Spirit had not yet come to tell people personally what God said, so God spoke through the prophets, okay? They tell the prophets. This is is the mindset of the people. When 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 the people go to the prophets, this is what they tell the prophets. Don't tell us what is right. Don't preach to us what is right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. The big lie. Now, you're going to have to hold on tight, okay? You are going to have to hold on tight because this is fixing to get kind of rough and you're, it, it's going to... I'm challenging the way you think, okay? The big lie. Have you figured it out? The big lie is that Christians are supposed to be nice. That is a lie. The world expects... Christians to be nice. The world tells Christians, you cannot judge. That is not true. That is not true by any amount. And I know what you're thinking. No, 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 Jesus said, do not judge, or you will be judged. Yes, but he says, the measure by which you judge others is the measure you're gonna be judged with. But in 1 Timothy and even Titus, Paul tells the church, hey, when you're going to have leaders in the church, here's your criteria. They must, they, they, they can't be married to more than one woman, all right? They, they, they can't be given to too much alcohol. And, and I mean, it gives a list of qualifications. And in order to meet those qualifications, guess what we have to do? We have to judge people. We have to look at their lifestyle. I'm not judging anybody by calling something a sin, if I say that homosexuality is a sin, I am just repeating what God said. I am not condemning nor condoning. I am merely repeating what the Bible says. The world expects Christians to be nice. The world expects Christians to be tame. Oh, just, just walk around and just be nice to people and you know, ne- never say anything bad about anybody because that might hurt their feelings. Never, you know, don't tell somebody the truth that can be hurtful. God never told us to be nice. Politically correct is where nice comes from. Let's be sure that nobody gets their feelings hurt. Let's take everything that we believe passionately, let's take everything that God told us to be, and let's package it in something that that somebody that doesn't believe can not think bad about us. God never told us to do that. God never said that we had to be tolerant. Okay, now, b- before you fly off the handle, what I mean by tolerant is that, that we have to agree, if, if I want to live my life in a contrary manner to what God says, that nobody can disagree with it. I can disagree with your lifestyle without, without unloving you. I don't know, does that make sense? You know what I mean? We can disagree with somebody without hating them. You can still love somebody and disagree with them. Unfortunately, I was kind of raised in a mindset, and I'm not blaming, I'm naming. I was raised in a mindset that if you disagreed with someone, that you disapproved of someone. That's not true. That is not true. I can disagree with anything about you without disapproving or disliking or not loving you. the, The two are not connected, but being nice connects the two. You can't say anything bad about anybody else's lifestyle, or you can't have an opinion contrary to somebody else because that might look as if you are being ugly to them. It's not being ugly. It's not. Jesus told us to do many things, okay? Many, many, many things. But you know what he never told us to do? Not one time can I find whenever, is not one single instance did he ever say, you've got to be nice. He wasn't even nice. Go read your Bibles. If you've never read your Bible and saw some of the things Jesus said and went, oh, golly, that's kind of rough, wasn't it? Jesus was not nice. He was kind. There's a difference. Jesus was truthful. He spoke the truth whether you liked it or not, okay, but he was not nice. And the third thing, he was passionate, but he wasn't nice, he was never nice. We are called to be kind. We are called to love others, but nowhere are we called to be nice. What's the difference? I've got 10 things here that is the difference between kind and nice. First one, I asked my wife a question. I said, what's the difference between kind and nice? And immediately she said this. She said, I read this one time. The difference between kind and nice. Nice is a lie. Nice is a lie. (laughs) You can be totally nice without telling the truth, can't you? You absolutely can. But if you're not telling somebody the truth, is that kind? No, it's not. No, it's not. The difference between nice and kind, nice is a lie. Number two. Nice can be totally void of love, uh, kindness cannot. Kindness is the embodiment of love. Not you, you can do something nice for somebody and show them absolutely no love whatsoever. But you cannot show somebody true kindness without love in your heart. Number three, nice fills a need within the giver. Kindness. Feels the need in somebody else. People are nice because they want others to be nice to them. They think that if they act a certain way that somebody else, it's, it's, it's a twisting of the golden rule that's found in Matthew. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, that's being kind. Being nice says if you are nice to others, then they should be nice to you, and that is not the truth. Nice fills the needs of the giver, while kindness fills the need of somebody else. And I've already kind of said number four. I kind of combined those two just now. Nice is a reflection, okay? Nice is a reflection. If you are nice to me, then I will be nice to you. You see that all over social media these days. Well, by gosh, if, you know, I'm not a butthole, but if anybody... Treats me like one, by gosh, I'll treat you like one. That, that, that's being nice, okay? That's a reflection. And as a matter of fact, in Luke 6, 32 and 33, Jesus himself says, if you only love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even a sinner will do that. That's the difference between nice and kind. Jesus did not call us to be nice. He called us to be kind. It is time for us to step up as Christians. It's time for us to step up as a church. And and, and what I mean is the body of Christ. I'm not talking about Save the Cowboy. I'm talking about the church. It is time for us to step up the game. We have just been resting on our laurels, saying, oh well we're nice to people so that's good enough. No, it's not. God has called me to something more. He's called you to something more. No more are we gonna go around and pat ourselves on the back because we were nice to somebody one time. It's not gonna happen. Number five, you know what, there's another picture, and I've heard it before, but you know those pictures that you see on social media if you're on social media? It says, it costs you nothing to be nice. That is exactly right, and that's the problem. That is the problem. Nice doesn't cost a thing, but if you are kind, it is expensive to you. It is expensive. It costs you something to be kind. You have to give something to be kind. My son Griffin I went and picked him up. He spent all day yesterday at the skate park in Parker. A lot of people go, your son's not a cowboy. No, I don't even want him to be. You know why? You go to that skate park in Parker or any other skate park, you know what you see? You see boys and girls out there and not a single one of them are on their stupid phones. Every one of them has sweat dripping down their face and it's not uncommon to see blood dripping from them too. They bust their butts, and you know what they do? They get back up and they get back on. And you know what else they're doing? They're helping somebody else. I'll take it all day long. So I went and uh, moved a bunch of cows yesterday with Robert. He froze me to death. We can't be doing that anymore, Robert. We're fair weather cowboys. Us from Texas, <laughs> we do it begrudgingly. No, and and it got cold, and so anyway, I had to. Uh, I left Robert's and 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 ran to Parker to get Griffin, and on the way back, he goes, is mom cooking supper? I want to ask my kids sometimes, have we ever not fed you? (laughs) You know, I mean, seriously, are we going to eat today? You have ate every single day of your entire life. Today is not going to be any different. You know what I mean? So anyway, we're driving home, and um, Griffin says, man, is mom cooking something? I said, I'm sure she is. Well, I know she is. I know she's cooking something. Man, I'm starving. I said, did you not eat today? He said, early this morning, I had two of those little breakfast burritos from McDonald's that are about the size of your thumb. He said, I had two of those, and for lunch, I had the smallest bowl of ice cream at Culver's. I said, you just got your allowance. Or no, I I said, did you not have any money? Because I knew he had just been given his allowance for the whole month, right? We we teach them that, you know. (laughs) I make it once a month, I've gotta make it last, so does my son. I said, don't you have any money? No, sir. I said, you just got your allowance. He goes, I know. I said, what happened to it? He goes, well, my friend wanted to ride skateboards with us, but he didn't have a skateboard and he didn't have enough money, so I pitched in and paid for the rest of his skateboard. And then while we were at the skateboard shop, there's this guy that that we really like, and and he's he's a really, really nice guy, spends all the time. And a guy came up and said, Hey, man, we're going to order a pizza from Little Caesars. Do you want one? And the guy kind of looked down and said, No, I don't have any money. I'll be okay. Griffin walked over there and said, Get him a pizza. And gave the guy the rest of his money so that that guy could eat. And Griffin went without the rest of the day. We were walking in China, walking up over an overpass, like a pedestrian overpass a walkway, because their roads are like 14 lanes long, and that's a side street because there's so many cars. And um, there was this lady sitting there. You could tell they had, they had nothing, absolutely nothing. And so I reached in my wallet, and I pulled out a 20 in Chinese currency. It's about a six or seven to one, so it's about three bucks. It'll go a long ways. I reach in my pocket and pull out my wallet, and I look next to me, and Griffin's pulling out his wallet. And I reach in for a 20, and all of a sudden, I see Griffin put his wallet back in, and he's got a 100, his own money. And he leans down to that lady, and he hands it to her, $100 bill. I pulled out a 20. See, I'm a nice guy. My son is kind. What are you? See, nice doesn't cost anything. Nice is a 20. When you have a thousand kindness is a hundred when all you have is a hundred that's the difference we are called to be kind but you know what we've been doing? We've been choosing nice as Christians. We've been choosing nice as a church so that we don't offend anybody, so that, so that we don't have to give anything of ourselves, so that we don't have to go the extra mile, so that we can do something to, to satisfy something within us and pat ourselves on the back and go, we did something nice, that's enough. It's not enough to be nice because there is no love in nice but there is in kind. You know what else nice does? Nice keeps a tally. Nice keeps a record of what it does. Kindness does not. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse five, it says, love keeps no record of wrongs. And love is what's the difference between nice and kind. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't say, we well, have got to balance my scale. Nice is convenient kindness is not. If it's easy to do, you're probably just being nice. But when you give your time, your talent, your treasure, when you give a piece of yourself, it's never convenient. It is always inconvenient. Nice is convenient. And even if you do it in inconvenience, you know what we do? We get bitter about it. Nice is public. Nice is what people see. Kindness is private. It's behind the scenes. There's a Bible verse that says, if you do things so that man will applaud you, that's the only credit you will ever get for it. But if you do things in private that only you and the other party, and maybe sometimes not even the other party, that only you and God know about, those are the things that you will be rewarded with in heaven. Nice gives the other person what they want, kindness gives them what they need. Nice runs out. Kindness does not because it is love. And kindness does not come from something that we have. It comes from something that we have received from God Himself. In 1 John 4, 8, John says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. The difference between nice and kind is kindness is made up of love and you can't outgive love. You won't run out unless you've been drawing from something other than God because God is limitless. He is love. If you know how much God loves you, it's a, it's a blank check that you can continue to write and continue to write and to continue to write. But too often we do things and we, and we start feeling drained. Nice drains you. Kindness will never drain you. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in Matthew and in Luke, he says, give and you shall receive. And he's talking about love. Give and you shall receive. As a matter of fact, you'll receive so much more that it will be overflowing and it'll overflow your cup into your lap. You can't press it down and and, and shake it. You, you, You can't out give love. It's hard, I know. I know. Here are some signs and I want you to know that I'm confessing that I've been a nice guy. It has caused me problems. It has caused ministry problems. It's, called, it, 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 it's, it's caused family problems, marriage problems, friend problems, because I've been nice instead of kind. We all have kindness that resides in us. If you didn't, you wouldn't be here. But we have got to start asking ourselves, am I being nice? If you are, don't do that. Only do something out of the kindness of your heart, not the niceness that this world expects. Here are some warning signs. These come from me. If they fit you, you pull that thing on and lace it with a double knot. If it doesn't, go on. These are mine. You worry about hurting people's feelings, and you worry about getting your feelings hurt. So you judge things on on what you say or what you allow others to say based upon the fact that your feelings are easily hurt. Or you're afraid of hurting somebody else's feelings. Feelings revolve or, or gauge everything. That's how you know if you're a nice person instead of a kind person. Or maybe that nice is in more abundance than the kindness. You worry about hurt feelings, yours and theirs. Number two, you get easily annoyed or angered. You're a nice person. Isn't that that weird? That the nicer you are, the more easily annoyed or angered you get. Number three, you feel like you do more for others than they do for you. That's a nice person's mantra. Number four, you feel like the harder you try, the less you get. That's nice. And number five. You are often offended by other people's words, thoughts, and actions. Easily offended, or maybe often offended. Same thing, different wording. Listen, this is not a call to ruthlessness, but a call to love, genuine love. This is not a call to speak our minds of everything, but a call to genuineness and authenticity. It is the genuineness and authenticity authenticity of love that will change people's lives. Nice will never change you and it will never change anybody else. Only kindness born of love will. This is not a call to heartlessness. I am not saying that you cannot be friendly, okay? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that We must become Christ like. And Jesus was absolutely perfect, but he was never, never, never nice. He was compassionate. He was kind. He was loving always. He was giving. He was all of these things. He was absolutely perfect, but he was never nice for nice sake. He never said something to somebody just so that they would think better of him. Go read your Bibles. Most of the time, it's the complete opposite. He was the epitome of poking the bear, okay? The bear usually meaning religious people, okay? You go look in your Bibles and read, and if you would like a little Bible study to do that's, that's really, really interesting, do this. Look at every encounter that Jesus ever had with another person, and there was only two types of people, well, there's maybe three, three types of people that Jesus ever interacted with, Jews, religious people, he was double hard on them. I mean, he never cut them an ounce of slack. He called them whitewashed tombs. He called them a den of vipers, and oh my gosh, he was rough. He was rough on the religious institution, And look at how he dealt with sinners, full of grace and mercy, full of love, never condemning nor condoning, always loving. This is not a call to ruthlessness, but one of love. This is not a call to speak our minds of everything, but a call to genuineness and authenticity. This is not a call to heartlessness, but to Christ-likeness. You know what? The opposite of nice is not mean, it's kind. I'm asking each and every one of you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I could stand up here and say, if you go to Save the Cowboy, if you're watching online or listening on the radio, just go be nice to people. That's not going to change you, and it's not going to change anybody else. I'm calling you to a life of kindness. It will be expensive. It will be inconvenient. It will be Christ-like. Will you go away too? That's what Jesus asked in John 6, 6, 6, and John 6, 6, 7. The disciples said, this is hard teaching. And Jesus asked, will you leave me like everybody else? Will you leave him today? Because the preacher told you as a Christian, you're not supposed to be nice. You're supposed to be something more than that, that you're supposed to be kind. And if you can't be kind, don't be anything at all. That's what we're called to. Will you step up to that challenge? Next week, we will continue with the big lie. And we were going to look, if you think today was hard, it's going to be even tougher next week when we look at the truth. Hearing the truth and telling the truth. Let's go to God in prayer. God, let us cast off nice ways of this world and clothe ourselves with humility and servitude. God, I ask forgiveness for my sins. I also ask forgiveness for everybody that are here that are praying along with me. Help us to turn loose of pride and ego that are so easily offended and so easy to be nice. And let us tie on hard and fast to our relationship with you. We are your sons and daughters. Those that have asked your son to be our Lord and Savior. We are his. We are your sons and daughters. God, show us how to act like it. Amen.